Hello everybody and welcome to a tape delayed Saints Radio for the last day of March, the year of our Lord 2020. We tried to do this live and the stream said it was live, but guess what? It wasn't live. And so we are uh, recording this and hopefully it can be uh, posted in just a little while. So we apologize to all of you. I do, we do not understand what this is. Uh, we can blame it all on the enemy, but um, it's, it's, just, it's just not acceptable. So um, we trust everything is well with all of you. Uh, a little earlier when we thought we were live, I was saying that I had listened to the Voices broadcast that Pastor Larry produced, and uh, I was blessed by that. I do have my cup here, and I'll tell you what's in my cup. Today, it is Earl Grey tea. During the seminar, it was coffee. And the only reason this isn't coffee today, Monica, is because I've already had coffee a couple times this morning, and I thought it'd be best to transition to tea. Well, there's coffee in my cup. Well, there's coffee in my cup. Yes. Which kind of coffee? And I've had coffee already today, too. <laughs> Nespresso. It's Roma. Oh, good. Yeah. But I just got half a cup for the broadcast because I've already had... Yeah. My days, yes, limit. Well, I, I love to drink coffee. I'm thankful for the privilege. I've had three cups already this morning, so that's why I decided I'd mm. have tea. Um, that's beverage talk for today. Mm-hmm. So, uh... These are interesting days, guys. Interesting days. <laughs> it's a good thing God really just inundated us. <laughs> <laughs> with understandings of grace because through his grace we will rise above this and we were we will we we will keep our eyes on Jesus and we will walk on the water in the midst of this storm because the enemy is not going to he's not going to win this battle and and I, I feel I and I mentioned this on Sunday morning you know it's like every device Every electronic device that I have that I use for communication, which I do constantly, just to keep in touch with everyone and for, uh, you know, all these different ways that we bring forth ministry. And almost every time I pick one up to do something, I get blocked. And I literally have pled the blood of Jesus. I have cried. I have yelled. I may have even said a curse word. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just teasing, but um, it is you know it can get us and causes great frustration, or we can just press through and know that the Lord, He's going to resolve this. Um, we just have to to continue to feast on His tobe, and um, yeah. So I you know I, I didn't even really consider that a big part of what's happening in our world right now would be partly due to unclean spirits until this morning 
And I was thinking about the many ways the enemy has trying to block his people from moving forward, whether it be our apostolic journeys, our internet messages, you know, all these things that we're struggling with because we come forth ready to minister and then we have these blockages. And so this morning I was praying and and I was reminded of of when Jesus commissioned his disciples. I think it was in John or maybe Matthew when it says that he gave them exousia over unclean spirits and then sent them forth to to heal and to cure that, you know, to to heal the all manner of diseases. And and um and then it says that they they or maybe this was preceding that they sh- they they were afraid they had fear of the Jews because they were being persecuted so they shut themselves into the upper room before he appeared and then he appeared to them and i think i'm looking at parallel passages here or speaking of but it all works because it all happened and then he began to speak to, and, and then when he walked into the room he first thing he said to them was peace peace be with you and that's so powerful because it's not that he's speaking over us that we'll have this you know this euphoric existence where we're just all living in peace it so much speaks of of being joined together in him and accomplishing what he has to do in that spirit of peace with him and and so anyway that's that's kind of a long um that's good yeah, I just uh, this morning I was like the Lord just led me right there to that because I was so frustrated and but I really never really thought about this being an unclean spirit and that he has given us the authority through him under him through his directive to to address these unclean spirits and then he immediately goes in and tells us to cleanse the leper and heal all manner of disease and what is the manifestation of this it's disease and so I was really just trying to glean what God was trying to say through that, but um, yeah. Well, so. yeah, I think you, I think you've prophetically gleaned something here. Um, you know, we were talking Sunday morning about Mount uh, Hermon, and the in Matthew sixteen and Matthew seventeen, um, you know that that place of being secluded in the high places with God, and it was there that Peter said you're the Christ son of the living God and Jesus said you know the gates of Hades will not prevail and then just a few verses later Satan was speaking through Peter uh, about uh, you know he was rebuking the Lord and Jesus said get thee behind me then in 17 they go up and the transfiguration happens and they come back down and there's that unclean spirit in the little boy mm-hmm. so this is a this is an international thing. You've got a combination of a lot of things that are going on. I do believe that God is God is moving in the middle of, of this international stuff. I think we need to be sensitive for his timing as to when, you know, I don't know how many times we've took authority over this and asked it to go away. and um, But then, you know, you think, well, God is obviously working in this so you don't want to rebuke something before the time however these blockages with internet and other things that are coming up are trying to hinder our pathway 
in the pursuit of that. And that is definitely an unclean spirit influence. So you've prophetically gleaned this. I stand in agreement and we take authority right now over every blocking, hindering enemy influence that would try to stop what it is that we're to be doing in the connectivity with the saints and uh, in every other way. Amen. And we, we command you to be removed and to be on away from all of our people and uh, especially over what we need to be in reaching out to as a communications group to our network army Amen. and family. Amen. Amen. Yeah. In Jesus' name, we do this. You know, because I fully believe that 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 the Lord has given us this venue to be able to speak forth His anointed word, and I believe that that there's an empowerment as you're obedient to speak forth apostolically from the pulpit, and it you know there may be an empty sanctuary, but it's going forth out there, and I just believe that that there's going to be an empowerment to heal this disease, to to yes. to address this plague, this, and of course we're we're in his timing. I mean we we we're pressing into wisdom. I mean we are truly in his timing. But I I know there is a remedy, and 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 we need that remedy. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need that. And oh my gosh, I mean talk about. An incredible thing to think that the voice of the apostolic one that that God is called to lead this charge into the end times and lead the saints, you know, under the command of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, to speak a word that stops a plague. Yeah, he can do that. He can do that through your voice. He can do that through that microphone, through what comes forth out of that. I have no doubt so the enemy's not going to he's trying to stop that. He is trying to stop that empowerment and I've just had enough of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I believe that of course, um and every day, many times a day, I'm thanking God for the blood of Jesus that is covering and protecting us and preserving the saints and our families and this house and the houses of uh, of gathering of the saints, that the blood is protecting all of us from this, from this pestilence and this plague, Amen. and even peripherally those that, you know, so if the enemy, I got to watch how I say this, I plead the blood over the strategies of the enemy where he might try to have peripheral ties, uh, extended family, extended circumstances, that then draw down the saints so um we just we just need to be free and we are free to move but these tech issues this is just nuts and we we take authority over that and you know another thing that i didn't focus on on sunday was the the verses immediately preceding the last passage in the old testament and that's the one that says the Son of Righteousness is arising with healing. Marpe, that's a cure in his wings, in his kanaf. And I agree with you that God is sending 
a measure of a cure because Marpe is the is the version of Eomai, mm-hmm. the Old Testament version of that. Rofe is that which gives us strength and helps us to function. It's the purity of function, and that's Jehovah Rofe is is that. But Marpe is, you know, a cure. And as the sun of, of righteousness, that light of the Lord is rising, um, there is that in the Kanaf. And you remember, we studied about that. We studied about how in the end time, you know, that's, that's the hem of the garment. Mm-hmm. That's the train filling the temple. That's people touching the hem of Jesus' garment. His identity is calling. That's those that will come and say, let us take hold of your, the hem of your garment. We'll be called by your name and we'll go up with you to worship. So that measure of healing, which is what you just said, can be a, a measure of um, vitality that God is using to bring people alongside. Um, so you have the Elishas coming. You have um, those that will come alongside and say, you know, this, this time has made us hungry for God, desperate for our identity in Him. And so I guess we just need to be sensitive for the timing and in, in, the, right, in, the, in the right measure because, again, I want this to be done now. I want I want this to to be over be over from from the standpoint from many standpoints but um we are citizens of heaven we're moving on behalf of the the wisdom and understanding of God which is stored in heaven we're in God's timetable um and you know from that standpoint, but also from the standpoint of we have things that God has set for us to accomplish this year. And we know God said, establish these appointments. This is what I want to do. And I I don't want them to be hindered. I, I, I know you don't. And so... Um, I believe, you know, we prayed this weekend about West Virginia and Ohio. We've got the France gathering in May. We've got, you know, Manaus in the Amazon rainforest in July. And then on down the line. Now, certainly we can adjust things. But, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to miss what God has established. So we just need his timing. I'm rambling here. But the Son of Righteousness is arising with healing in his kanaf. And that that is definitely something that we are being uh, blessed to participate in with him. What say ye? Um... You mentioned prayer for West Virginia, and we have had several uh, prophetically directed times of intercession over the course of the last week, week and a half, and that is going to continue. We're going to continue to rally in prayer, and um, 
and and we welcome, we encourage, we we request. Well, I'm trying to find the right word. Participation. We invite all of the saints to to gather at the throne and to be a part of these prophetically directed prayer times that that we're going to have. And um, I want to thank all those that have submitted insights. And um, yeah, but there was a couple. um, Actually, I read through them again this morning. And there was one word that came actually from Sandra Carter here from our house. And she was speaking about the West Virginia um, point of ministry that's coming up in June. And and she, she gave a really encouraging word. She said, um, the Lord is using the quarantine made by man to wipe the slate of activity clean to confirm to his saints the exact moments he has ordained for them to move on his behalf. You were talking about timing, which is why I'm bringing mm-hmm. this up. We have heard his voice to move into that area in June that is opening so that we can, we've put it on the calendar, we've made our plans, and this is good because we have had, pray, we've prayed about it, we've prepared about, we've prepared for it, and we will be made ready. We will know that it's God's perfect timing when things in the natural make or confirm it possible for us to move once again. Mm. We will then go forth mightily with boldness in understanding his signs and his wonders as he has promised. And I, I really bore witness with this because, you know, we've got these things on the calendar. We're going to continue to prepare and pray with regards to them. And we're going to know when he opens the door leading into that for us to actually go. Because right now everything's very uncertain. Our ministry in France is uncertain. And that just, if I let that, that really bothers me. But at the same time, I know that God's plan is perfect, and he will make a way for us to fulfill what he has called us to fulfill. But um, I think what she was saying was that it really would be like a sign and wonder upon the earth when he opens the door for us to actually go and stand there in that terio and do what he has promised that he's Mm going to do. And so we will certainly be rejoicing in that day. Amen. Yeah. So it's a, it's a matter of timing, and um, so what do you do when you're waiting on the timing? You continue to declare the blood of Jesus over you. You continue to know that you're in the timetable of God. You continue to seek his face. You continue to restrict the voices of fear that would try to permeate who you are and your thinking. And there are a lot of them out there. You know, I this morning I made the mistake of reading some headlines uh, from um, a, a, a national news outlet. And you're reading all these things about people suffering and this happening and you should whether you should wash your fruit and whether you should, you know, not wear gloves and you know, all these terrible things and people warning you, you know, threatening, you know, you better be careful and this person died and this little one died and, you know, all these things. And if, you, if you're not careful when you're in the first Passover room and the blood's on the door that the, the you know, like from that uh, Ten Commandments movie, you hear those people howling outside, you know, wh- whose report are you going to believe? I mean... Mm-hmm. 
you got to be careful what you let come in, and you got to be careful even people who aren't saints who you may love and are maybe Christians. You got to be careful of those voices that that would rise. Now again, we're not we're not doing anything that is. Uh, outside the bounds of what common sense would say right now, we're not we're not doing that. I mean, again, a maxim that I've always had is you choose your battles. You know this enough from, and I'm not saying I'm anything great. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that there are times where if you know there's a threat or possibility, you walk carefully. The objective, you still are going to accomplish your objective, but you just don't go out guns a blazing like, like Yosemite Sam, and say, "Well, I'm going to do it." Bless God. I mean, there's a way to get things done, and so, you know, I choose not to defy Judge Jenkins here in Dallas. I mean, I think he's a good man. We we want to we want to be noble citizens, and so far, what they're asking is not really. It's not asking us to compromise our beliefs. It's not asking us to deny Jesus. It's not asking us to, to, um, um, to abandon our mission. And so, to me, I'm taking full as much advantage as I can of the time that's afforded. I come in here, I pray, I walk the facilities, I spend time with God. I'm trying to to write. I'm studying, you know. I'm I'm trying to utilize what God's given. What the frustrating thing, which we've just addressed, is all of this equipment we have, and on the high, the high capacity fiber service we pay for. With all of that, we're we're not able to reach out, which is just frustrating to me, to say the least. And we're believing God's bringing, as the enemy's being driven off, he's bringing wisdom as to how to correct that. But, you know, in all that, we wait to hear what God says. Yeah. And we act when he says act. Well, but in so many ways, I mean, the process is in the waiting. Yeah. And, and like you've said so many times, I mean, we are being tested. And we're being um, perfected. Our patience is being worked. It's all for the good. He's going to use all this for the good. And I, I mean, I hearken back to Psalm 91, which has got to be the most popular verse <laughs> in the world right now. Pastor Levester even shared, um, shared on it on Sunday as well. They, I spoke with them this morning, but... You know, those first two verses that speak of he who dwells in the secret place of Elion and abides under the shadow of Shaddai. I mean, that's that there's so much of, of waiting in that. That's abiding. That's that's like if you think about abiding in the new covenant, it's literally to tarry. It's to wait. It's to be patient. It's to endure. And so we're called to um, to dwell in the secret place of Sh- of Elion, which is that high place with the sovereign God, and we're called to abide with 
Shaddai, who is chastening and training and developing us. And then it goes right into speaking of Yahweh and Elohim. Well, I talked about this in Sunday school on Sunday, but it's just, if you look at it from the perspective of those four dimensions of the Lord, he's, that is the process for us. It's learning more of him and it's submitting to his working through us. And yet it's, it, it very much looks like a, a place of, of waiting, a place of shelter, a place of cover, a place of trust, but he's in it all. And that's where we're positioned, and that's where no plague can come near our dwelling. That's our dwelling. That's our place in him. And so I, if we don't find our confidence in that, um, <laughs> we have to. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good rhema for us. And um, we... Uh, we need to be reading that daily. And understand it from an Amatikos perspective of just what we have been taught about the names of God and what they represent in our walk. It's, it's, it's not just the God who embraces us and we dwell in that, that secret place of his glory. It's he's working in and through us, through all of this, as we take our place. And I, I thought, that's what we all want. Yeah. That prepares us for the future and for the warfare. So, you know, it's amazing that you just mentioned the names of God because uh, this morning I got my Names of God Bible. Somebody else told me that too. And started reading it. <laughs> now, now, we need got to be careful. Remember when we studied about this? That um, don't rely on the definitions of the names that are just out there. No. What we tried to do was, from a mnemonicos perspective, define them based upon the words that are there, not on, not on tradition. And, um, but I was reading a passage today and was astounded by what God was saying through that, just in appreciating the names that he that he said in the original. So I bear witness with what you just said, and I do think that that is a word from the Lord. Now you'll say, well, I don't have one of those Bibles. Well, a lot of you do. I went down on Sunday with the Nemonicos understandings that, that, you had, that we have learned through your leadership. And gave descriptives of yeah. what all four of those names represented for us, and and I mean it's all accessible for all of us to understand what those names represent from a nematocost standpoint, and we need to know those things. Yeah, yeah, because that helps us to know what God's really saying. It mm-hmm. you know if we just generically insert our opinion as to what each of those references are it's just going to say god or lord or Mm -hmm. almighty and we can attach our own definitions there and if we do that we're not necessarily going to be functioning in the fullness of what god originally said that's right and um so um everything that we walk through in this day i mean i i'm sure that you recognize this but pastor you I mean, you live this through and through. 
But I, I find this more and more just the days that we're living in that that we encounter things in this world and almost immediately I get this this um, this measure of thankfulness that I can walk this out as a saint I mean honestly it's like it, it just like almost immediately comes to me like I'm so thankful that I can look at this from the perspective of a saint and from that Nematocost perspective I'm so thankful for that because even 10 years ago even though we were saints at that time but to think about where we are now and that our perspective is truly from that throne room perspective makes everything we view, we view it through his eyes mm-hmm. and i i can't imagine people enduring things like this without that yeah i mean i i just really can't this morning i had a phone conversation with um vicky and larry sparrow and they they called to tell me Get really basically just give me a testimony because I had checked on Anya because she had fallen ill after she left here and she's she's so much better everyone so we give praise to the Lord mm-hmm. for that but they were telling me how yesterday Adrian was sitting with with Declan because she's homeschooling him and because Anya's been sick she's been home and so because of Anya you know because of that she's been able to be home and she's been working with Declan and she started talking to him about the about the resurrection and started explaining to him about Easter and about the resurrection. And Vicky said that as she was teaching him about this, she said it's like a light bulb just went off. Like his spirit just got into alignment. And she, she just witnessed this. And all of a sudden, he got it. And he said, I never knew that was what Easter was. And so she began to teach him about the cross and about the stake of ownership. And she went down the, the whole principles of the cross with this little boy. And he was like changed, like right there before her, totally just grasped the whole concept of the cross, of the resurrection. And then he said, I want to be baptized. Wow. And I mean, God is, is using these days for his good and and you know i know that people may be going stir crazy you may be at home with your spouse for the 17th day or the 20th day or your children or whatever don't despise that because god i I mean i i see what he's doing in my home just in the quality time that i've had with my kids at the table just processing through this and really seeing the good in it and and anyway so i i wanted to share that testimony because um, it's it's good. So we didn't get to have our baptism at this last seminar, but now Declan has opened his heart and openly wants to be baptized. And so next seminar, I'm just prophesying that that's going to happen. Wow. So. What a great, oh, we're so thankful little Anya's better. Oh, yeah. We've been praying for her. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that everybody that was here is well. Yeah. And that's that's a blessing from the Lord. And with all the airplane travel and the various uh, the various exposures, the blood of Jesus was was our stay and still is. I know. I have to tell you that this morning when I, I texted. I sent a text to Vicky and just 
because I've been checking daily, how is Anya, how is everybody well in your family, your church? And basically that was my text. And she texted me right back and said, can I call you? And right then, I mean, I, I had to repent for this because right then I thought, oh, no. <laughs> and, and I sat there and just held my breath until she called because, unfortunately, sometimes in our carnality, I immediately thought the worst. Well, you love these folks. I mean, well, Anya was just so sick, and I just thought, oh, gosh. Well, most of them, I can't really say. Yeah, we do. I'm playing. But anyway, so for her to give that, that, for her to just share in that testimony, was just it just started my day off great. Wonderful. Yeah, because these children, I mean, they're marked. Yeah. They are definitely marked for great Elisha-like ministry that double portion you were talking i think about elisha this um on sunday morning i was listening and i kept thinking about the story about the she bears and the little children (laughs) and i I literally started praying over the kids and all the elisha's thinking oh lord because remember i mean one of the first things that he did was he went out into the after i think he used the to part the river and go up the bald and then head. those kids came and they started making fun of his bald head and so he i guess he commanded a she-bear to come and slaughter them all and i just think that's pretty gruesome gruesome <laughs> and i thought oh dear lord i mean these times are coming i mean the pe- the the power and the miracles the double portion it's it's coming it's upon them and so be careful what you say to them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Um, I will say that you know the presence of the Lord has just been so rich, and He is. I mean it. And when you say that, that's subjective. Everybody has their own Godometer that that they register. But there is there is a heightened measure of his presence that is commensurate with this season and not just the season but what we've stepped into uh, at his behest and you know I was um, I'll just tell you we, we need to we need to recognize what God has said to us over this past season and how he has taken great strides to talk to us about wisdom and what's going on in the heavens and yesterday I was going back through that booklet the thesaurus booklet and um, it's basically book size right now but I've been going back through elaborating on things and I was writing about um, the the description of this place and what it is that I can remember that I that I saw and you know just not to be um, uh, what's what's the word not to be you know not not the words escape me not to try to get people to be interested because of the fascination of the place but of the function of the place and so sensationalistic I, I don't want to be that way we've tried not to be that way because when we first started and we were talking about angels and everything, there were some people that would come just to be entertained in that. And from my perspective, I know they were because, you know, from conversations I had with some of these peripheral people, they, they wanted to talk about the sensational things. They didn't want to talk about 
the, the demands and the, the intercession. A- anyway, as I was writing about this and I was expanding, it was like the Lord was accessing different imprints on my spirit and things that I had encountered in intercession as I was writing about them, God was opening up things that my mind didn't remember. But I was replaying the things that I saw because it's a timelessness. It's, it's timeless. These things are timeless. It's not like you have an encounter in heaven and, you know, okay, that was over. You know, it's an eternal thing. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And then as I was writing, I was thinking, suddenly the thought came to me that David said that I may dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. Now, that's the anointed scripture, you know? And I'm thinking, there's not going to be a temple forever. The temple of the tabernacle of testimony is gone once the kingdoms become gods and time is no more. And um, so I thought, what does that mean? And I thought, immediately a thought came, Yahweh is the plan of God. Yahweh is what he is what he is desiring to do forever and he will he always already has things that are that he's going to do a million years from now and I thought lord is this place this treasury of wisdom and understanding is that really synonymous with the house of Yahweh because that's going to be forever the temple of the tabernacle is not, but the storehouse of God's wisdom and revelation will be because we're going to continue to do that. These angels that guard that place, they are committed to bringing forth the word that will never pass away. Through not one jot or tittle, it will not pass away. And so, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to write on it and make some statement that people would then mock. But just from a mnemonicus understanding, I know that that's what this means. So anytime you have the house of Yahweh, it's the plan of God, and that's going to go on forever. Amen. You know, another thing that I was thinking about is that, um, you know, I talked about the, the, the great and dreadful day of the Lord, of Yahweh, which is Malachi. And so I was studying about that yesterday, and I noticed how many times that same phrase is used. Sometimes it's great and terrible. Sometimes it's great and dreadful. But it's used to describe God on a number of occasions in the Old Testament. So, you know, we read that the great and terrible day of Yahweh we think, oh, it's the end times. But God is called that. His, his, his name is great and dreadful, great and terrible. And so he's the ancient of days, but he's also working these things that for people that are with him, it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's awe-inspiring. It's for people that are outside of that who are looking on from afar, whether it's enemies or those that are just ignorant of what he's doing, for them it's, 
oh, look at that. And so I was looking at that last night and I thought, Lord, I, I'm so grateful that we are walking, privileged to be walking with you as scribes of the kingdom who bring out of that thesauros those things that are ancient but also current. It's that same principle over and over again, and it will forevermore be that. But a, a derivative of that principle is the great and terrible God, the great and dreadful God, but for us, the great and mighty God. So um, we, we're just blessed to be walking with him. Amen? Amen. I took this down a side jaunt, didn't I? It's good stuff. So, uh, this... First Saturday. Yeah, I was just going there. You, you, you were prophetically ringing the signpost. You can tell Pastor Fabian's been up here. Yeah, that bag full of sugar. <laughs> little bag, a baggie full of, of of hard candy. That's that's Pastor Fabian's thing. I don't know how that what medicine that's helping to go down, but I, I do want to commend them, him and Scott, because they were they were not frantically but faithfully up here on Sunday morning trying to fix this mess um, of of trouble, of disruption. And Pastor Fabian's trying to fix the Facebook Live issue, which we do not know what's happening with that. But just know that we are working on it to try to get it resolved so that we can resume our Facebook Live. Um, simulcast. Yes, yeah, simulcast. And we're sorry about that if it's been an inconvenience. But thankfully, we have this beautiful website that you can easily access when the stream works. <laughs> yeah. And I try to post all of the things on on the Facebook page that um, they're current, the videos and the teachings, make sure that they're up. So, so that's that, so that you're not missing anything and you have easy access to everything that's being released. And there's a new voices. You mentioned the new voices yeah, by Pastor, Pastor Larry. Larry, so don't miss that. Yeah, and um, we're we're prayerfully considering creative ways that God would say, um, not man's creativity, but God's creativity, um, for us to continue to minister together across the miles during this unusual time frame. And so we come to First Saturday this week, and um, it's the first, as you pointed out, pre-broadcast, it's uh, the month of April, and um, that's fast of feasting. And Lord knows, don't we have a number of things that we don't need to be bitter about, that we don't need to be fearful about. We need to be fasting those things so that we can align with the Lord of hosts. Amen. And so we will be... Um, sending out a some kind of a directive here hopefully by tonight and um but just know that it's going to be commensurate with
with the fast of feasting. And so um, uh, that's what that will be. We will do our best tomorrow to have, we will have Wednesday Night Live. I, this afternoon I'm going to get on the horn with Scott, try to figure out what we need to do here because um, one way or another Wednesday Night Live will be up tomorrow night. If it's If it's not broadcast live, it will be accessible to you by the time broadcast. And it, it would be on archives and Spotify. And we'll, I'll let you know, and maybe you can reach out through your web of communication to let everybody know that. But we're not going to just come up here and shake some smoke over this thing and hope that it works. What's so strange about this is that it says that it's working. The stream says that it's working, which is which. when you were teaching Sunday school, we thought it was working. And then when Scott tried to access to see, it wasn't working. And so I uh, I got up and then Fabian came and, you know, but the beauty of it is, is that your message in video of all things is up online and everybody can watch it. But we should be able to be live when we say we're live. Tomorrow night, one way or another, we will have that up. It's interesting that you said that because I know we started this broadcast talking about unclean spirits. Mm -hmm. And just this morning, I was taking notes on some of the things that you've written about, about unclean spirits, because it was captivating me, and I want to be a good warrior. But it says, um, to block or hinder something or someone from demonstrating their divinely ordained purpose. Yeah. Okay. It works. And they work in they work in secrecy, and presumed innocent, seemingly disguising themselves so that we don't see the need to oppose. Wow! So you just said that it's like everything looks like it's working, and yeah. you know, I mean, for all practical purposes, every device that I own is brand new, brand new iPad, brand new telephone, brand new MacBook Air. I mean. And struggle, trouble with all of them. <laughs> so, it's a, these are spirits. And we have to... But we dressed them. Yes. Yes. So, um, when do you think, if, if when we're done here, we put together the directive, and then you think it will be sent out by tonight? For first Saturday? I know. It, yeah. Well, that's first Saturday, yeah. Yeah, usually so it's, by Wednesday, latest. Yeah. The other things that we do, like network fibers, we would want to have out for Tuesday because some of our family is praying on Tuesday night. Which we may do that this week, but yeah. we will make that determination in the hour. Yeah. Well, um, I... Uh, I do believe that that business about um, Malachi is is a word, and I think that we need to really be pressing in during this season and become drawn to God um, in our own lives. Don't get lost in the malaise of just being in the house or whatever you do. And I know there are a lot of things that you can 
tap into and be entertained by. And, um, you know, I, I said this, why I'm doing this, I don't know. But I have been reading history books about the, the West, about different forays of the, 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 the Mexican governments and the Indian tribes and the various outrages that happened uh, in massacres and, you know, various things. I've been reading, I've read like three huge volumes in the past couple of weeks, and I'm voracious with it, which is weird, but I have to stop reading and set aside my time to seek the Lord and to study and to write. So my whole days are primarily invested in some kind of study, and I, I believe it's from the Lord. I One of our assignments for West Virginia and Ohio uh, is about this nation and about North America. And so much of that is involved in the histories that so many of us don't know anything about. And what that did in partnering with the, with God or with the demonic. And um, I've learned a lot of things in reading these about the ways that the enemy would work with these ancient tribes. And when I read about them, immediately I could understand through what we've studied, that's this principality. That's this exousia. It's communicating to these primitives in this way, but that's what this is. And I think in understanding that, and I'm not going out searching for this, I'm reading about these various things, um, and it's, I've never felt the leading to do that before. I, I, I'm not. So I think that God's trying to show us things in anticipation of what his assignment is, but that thing for our continent is he's serious about. I mean, it is, it is on his clock. And um, um, I am I'm stunned by some of the ways that you can see through reading these uh, his, history books. Uh, some of the ways you can see when you're reading it, you from a mnemonicus perspective, you know exactly what the enemy was doing and how he was motivating these primitives and what what it was that his manifestations were and what he promised them and where it happened in our country and the bastions you know, reading about the various outposts of the demonic that were obviously honored for hundreds of years in our country and when you when you put those on a map, you can see the configurations of the principalities that think they control this place. And so that's not why I'm doing this, but as I was reading it, just from a history perspective, I read this book about Custer, and it's interesting that Bill O'Reilly, the book that he's coming out with is about the Native Americans in October, and uh, I think it's called Killing Custer, but it talks about our nation and 
how these, he doesn't know it, but this is obviously something God is doing. And so, but, but with that, the reason I'm saying this is invest your time, but don't let the things that you're doing keep you from the times you need to be spending with God. Amen. Make a, I don't want to say a shrine, but make a place that you've devoted to God for this season. You know, some of you may say, oh, yes, I always pray here. That's great. But there, there may be something that God's wanting to do through you in a place that he's chosen in your house that will illuminate a new vein of commune with him. Yeah, I remember many, many years ago, and God reminded me of this yesterday. Um, when, when everybody in that first year um, were coming here to pray, and I felt the Lord say, you need to begin to establish portals of commune with me in other places, not just up here. And I remember knowing that I was supposed to do this in a part of my house, and I was praying there. And I'm this is TMI, but I remember telling Pastor Paul, I said, look, I'm going to start doing this. And his reaction, and it was, I appreciated it. He said, well, things are just so new here. Uh, maybe maybe you need to just be be careful not to abandon this place because things are so new, which is kind of odd for that conversation to have occurred. But God reminded me of that. So I am going into this part of my house, and at least once a day, I'm going to commune with the Father and access a gateway of into the heavens. You know, we're to be stilos. We're to be pillars in the temple. That connectivity. This is not some wacky thing. This is, this is in the Bible, whether you ever considered it was that way or not. So what I'm saying is, don't just stick with your little altar that you put, as holy and as wonderful that is. You may want to get a new perspective, a different perspective, not jettisoning what you've known in your house, but go for a new perspective in a place that God would choose and welcome him there. Um, I, I just think it's interesting, the things that God wants to develop in us. So like I know, like for you, sister, there's there's a place that you like to pray. I mean, I know you, I know you and Scarlet the prayer dog spend time in front of the fireplace. And then there's another area that you go to. You talked about on Sunday, where the cloud came in and you had the doors open. Um, that's a relative. Is that that's not a relatively new place? That second place for you is it? Oh, it's totally relatively new, because that yeah. I, I've never like really found that as a place of I sit back there and read and of course it's really the one place where we have a functioning other than in the bedrooms television even though that's not on that much but um, the Lord just drew me back there when all this began and, and I was spending more time at home but I'm yeah 
And so I, um, I've been spending a lot of time just in Proskuneo back there, but also, I, in fact, I put together my whole Sunday school class teaching back there yeah. with my with my laptop and my Bible. So, yeah, it's a new place, and and I have several places in my house, my study, but I haven't been really praying in my study this season. I've been. Um, Really, I, I spent a lot of time in, in what was Noah's room, which is now Noah's room again because he's home. But when he left a year ago, he told me, he said, I want you to make this a, your prayer, a prayer room for you. And I said, and I felt like it was a word from the Lord. Yeah. And so I started praying in there and studying in there a lot. And so I do. I have several places in my house. And, and I just let the Lord lead me where he wants me to be. Sometimes it's kind of a struggle because I... It's kind of like being here when you come into the sanctuary, which, if it's okay, I'm still doing, but making sure there's nobody else here. Yeah. Um, my social distancing with the angels. But because I live up the street, I mean, I just feel like I have a responsibility to keep the oh yeah the, the coals burning here in the sanctuary, and so I'm trying to come here every day for, some, for a season. But anyway, I have totally lost my train of thought. Well, anyway, your point yeah, was that you're developing a new, a new aspect of commune within your house, and I think that might be a good prophetic directive for all of you. Yeah, I, I, we, I got a word from one of our congregation just a couple of days ago during our first Saturday prayer um, this last month. Somebody had submitted a word about the prince of this world and what they had seen and and forgive me i don't i i comb over those words over and over again but i don't remember who it was that 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 gave this word but they referenced the prince of this world speaking of they saw an octopus or a spider looking thing that was over the earth Mm -hmm. during their prayer time and then when we prayed this past wednesday night um on through a directive that you had given us, one of our congregation had submitted a word saying that she sent something that was very similar, but what she sensed was how God is using his body, his body of saints during this time and extending us as into places and into cities where we live to address some of the reach of what this influence is doing just by doing that very thing, by establishing um, significant places of intercession in their homes, wherever God has us to do it, um, that are different from our from the norm, and really establishing like um, seats of rulership and authority in the places where where we're having to dwell, yeah, or allow being allowed to dwell, yeah. Wow. So there's the, God's in. He's going to use this. We just have to be faithful to be who we are and function at his throne according to the way he's leading us. Amen. Yeah. And we're probably way out of time. Oh, we're coming up right on it right now. So thanks for tuning in. Sorry for the interruption of our schedule. Um, but we will get this. Obviously, when you hear this, there's no reason for me to tell you we'll get it up right away. So. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in and know that we uh, appreciate you. We're praying for you and may you walk with him in a mightier way than you ever have.
Goodbye.